This episode is brought to you by the Inspire Collection by Kalia. You shouldn't settle for just any old pair of leggings. You deserve something better, something designed with you in mind, like the new Inspire Leggings by Kalia, their most versatile collection yet, made for any workout. They're lightweight, buttery soft, breathable, and made with lycra adaptive fiber, which molds to your body for a barely there supportive fit. It's perfect for wherever your wellness routine takes you. Shop the Inspire Collection by Kalia now, exclusively at Dick's Sporting Goods. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Widdicombe. Welcome to Parenting Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice, and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. Hello, you're listening to Parenting Hell with... Josh Wiggum. Josh Wiggum. And Rob Beckett. Rob Beckett. There we go. Lovely, efficient after the poo. Yes. Oh, is that what that was? I thought he said quite my bum, didn't he? Oh, is that what he was saying? Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't make it out. Hi, Rob, Josh and Michael. Please meet uh, Liliana, who is Ooh. who is 45 months old. That is not happy. <laughs> That's got to be banter. That's got to be banter, hasn't it? <laughs> What's that? Almost four. Um, almost four. Almost four. As you hear at the start, Lily was busy attending to her needs, as she normally is in the evening. No matter what, she always wants me to attend to her needs after the job is completed. I try to persuade her to call her mother, but will always refuse if I'm home. It's my chore. Best regards, Matthew S. Matthew S., who is um, 124 months old. I would love to know our oldest listener. If you think you're the oldest listener, oh, yeah, let us know. Oh, yeah, oldest listener, yes, please. Oldest listeners, please come in. And I want your ageing years and months. Yes. That would yes. be good. Because we might have two people that's 78 and we just need to find out who's the oldest 78-year-old. Exactly. My dad's exactly. 76 and listens. Can you beat oh, that? Oh, well, there we go. That's that's. The, do any of you remember the Blitz? Do email <laughs> in. I could get a bit dark. Maybe that'll keep, keep it less off the war. You know. Yeah, right. Do any of you remember... That winning exciting the exciting time after the Second World War. Yeah, when you could have three eggs a week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what a time it. to be alive. <laughs> I had a routine about that. My dad used to go, oh, you can leave your door open when I was a kid. No one will nick anything. I said, fuck all to nick. There's nothing to nick. Well, we didn't lock our door for the whole of my childhood, Rob. We I know, lock... but, yeah, yeah. but you were in the middle of nowhere, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. People going in and out of each other's houses in the East End. We were all family in those days, Rob, weren't we? <laughs> in, Dar- in Darty. In Darty. Darty, Darty Moore. Um, Josh, um, how's your week been all right? Any news? 
Oh, yeah, I've had a bit of an issue. Oh, no. Um, I've lost some of the balls to hungry, hungry hippos. Oh, God, they're just starving hippos now. Yeah, they're stuck it's in it. Absolutely. To eat. I don't know what to do because there's no. <laughs> I don't so want to have to buy a whole new hungry hippos. You just buy but, some little balls. But where do you get hippo food? Hippo like, balls. Where do you get hippo? But you can you can find. Where do you get them. hippo balls? Where do I buy hungry hungry hippo balls? If anyone's got any spare hungry hungry hippo balls, I'd love or knows how to source them. If you need our hippo balls, I'd go to Wuhan wet markets. <laughs> <laughs> That's how this whole problem started, mate. Then now a guy. Um, okay, well, so, so it's that's been a... literally all that's happened. Um, I only got a question. When I used a lollipop man when I'm dropping my daughter off at school with my daughter yeah. to cross the road, but when I come out of the school and I'm on my own, he still stops traffic for me on my own as an adult. Amazing. Is that allowed? What's the rules on lollipop, lollipop man usage? Are you allowed solo adult? Yeah, but it's a bit demeaning, isn't it? Because he yeah. obviously thinks you can't use a zebra crossing in your own right. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, there wasn't. No, there is no zebra crossing on his one. Oh, I see. I he's see, just see. he's rough shotting it. He's going bareback just on he's the gone road. Rogue. Yeah, mate. He don't give a shit. This guy. No, no, no crossing. He's just on there. Well, I don't think then you should be allowed to because you're an adult. You should have to wait until the traffic calms down. Well, I don't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not pushing this. No, I'm not. I'm not. He's I'm doing not it. Go at you. That's what I'm saying. Is if I was in a car and a lollipop man stopped me at a non yeah crossing and then. You know, TV's Rob Becker just crossed the road. I'd presume that you brought your own lollipop man as a kind of actor, <laughs> prima donna. I saw that Rob Beckett. He's brought his own lollipop man to cross the road. He's that much of a star. Well, imagine that having a lollipop man everywhere you went. But I do think the lollipop... But I think maybe if I've just dropped off at school and I sort of know him, he does it for me. But do you think he just does it to random adult men? Because you don't know who's dropped off a kid and who's just going to work. Yeah, of course, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. And is he doing it on the way to, like... Is he doing it all day? Like, can he just go? No, anywhere? no, he does just school hours. He's not there for like eight hours. Can he go on the M25 and just with his lollipop? What's the ruling? How strong is the lollipop? Do you have to stop at every point? I think you could take a lollipop onto Heathrow runway and the plane would stop. <laughs> I think it's just inbuilt. Power. It's inbuilt. You see a lollipop, man, you're stopping. Yeah. It's old school, isn't it? Lollipop man's really survived. Or lollipop person, lollipop lady, whatever. The lollipop, that's nothing. I don't think that will ever be replaced. No, it's the greatest invention of all time, isn't it? A robot can't do that job. You can't There's have nuances. A robot yeah, exactly. The nuances you, of what's needed for a lollipop man. Do you man. chat? Do you like acknowledge? What? How does it work? I'd say good morning and thank you. Yeah. Nice. Or how's it going, mate? You're all right. He goes, yeah, all right. It's hard when you're in motion. You know what I mean? It's not. There's yeah. not it's not a stop and chat vibe. Because if you're stopping to chat, the road users are fuming. It's like insulate Britain. <laughs> Before I know it, I'm trying to get the country insulated. I think. Um, I think if if I cross. I don't know if I've ever used a lollipop man because obviously I haven't taken my children to school. But it's one of the kind of things that happens, and I think everything's going to be all right with the world. Yeah, it's, a, I mean? it's, a, it's quite nice, isn't it? The lollipop yeah. man thing, just like ah, oh, he's there for he's there for us and yeah. keeping us safe. Old school boomers love it. Boomers love a lollipop man. If you if you remember the first lollipop man because you, you're that old, <laughs> get in touch. <laughs> my granddad used to be a milkman with a horse. Did he? he didn't use the horse for milk. Not horse milk. No, 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 oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> horse milk. Two emails and then Paris Fury. Okay, I've got I've got one, you have one. This one's a good one about yeah. boomer parenting fails. You know, we talk about old school parenting. Yeah. And um, I think we should open this up for boomer parenting fails. Um, send them in. This one's a cracker from Lee. L-E-I-G-H. Lee. Hi, Rob and Josh. Listening to your episode about boomer parent behaviour reminded me of all the stuff my dad did, which he called character building. Oh, the no. worst one was when I was around four years old, shopping in Woolworths with my parents and aunt and uncle. 
Whilst waiting for my mum and aunt to pack the till, my dad told me to hold onto the pillar in the entrance and to hold on tight because if I let go, then the building will fall down and kill everyone inside, oh including my, my mum. Oh my God, no. Obviously, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was terrified of letting go. And when my mum finished paying and tried to get me to leave, I wouldn't budge and just stood there crying. My dad was stood outside with my uncle watching oh, this unfold, God. laughing hysterically, whilst my mum had to prise my hands off the pillar. Safe to say I've grown up to be pretty resilient, despite not having kids of my own. I wonder why I've not had them. I'm loving the podcast. So <laughs> thanks for wow. all the laughs. Keep them coming from Lee. That is a brutal bit oh, of boomerang. Oh, my word. That is brutal. That's the kind of thing that just will stick with you forever whenever you see a pillar. I know. Luckily, Wolves went under because at least she could love a breather then. She, next time she goes into the high street shop. <laughs> oh, thank God there's no Wolves. My, my, my work here is done. Um, Rob, would you like... Do you know what we haven't done in a while? Or what would Rob Beckett do? Okay, here we go. I, I, do you know yeah. why I've had that for a while? Because I feel like I'm, I'm unravelling. You're unravelling. I don't think I'm as in control as I have been recently. My toddler's gone into what we call zero logic mode and constantly has tantrums over the most ridiculous things. This morning, I was yelled at for 10 minutes straight for taking too big a bite of her pretend sandwich. Oh, my God. And, yeah. And she or I can't make another one as we're apparently out of pretend bread. Earlier in the week, it took a couple of hours to calm her down after my wife was showing her pictures of her sixth birthday party when she was a child uh, back in 1981. She had a complete meltdown because mummy hadn't invited her. No amount <laughs> of logic or explanation prevailed. And it's very difficult, that, isn't it? Any advice? Well, with a photo one, I'd say you can't explain it to them because they can't get it. I'd go, yeah, you wasn't there because you were here and show them a photo of something they really enjoyed with the, with other people. Uh, you were doing that. Right. I, that's what I do with the girls when they do that. They're a bit older now, so that's it's easier to explain. Yeah. But I do that. With the fake bread thing, you've just got to go really hard on imagination and just pretend to be driving a massive bread truck. And yes. I think that's the wrong way, because you're. but it's the easiest way out because you're just yeah. playing along with that game. So like yes. what I've been doing at the moment, me, I'm having a bit of a standoff with my five-year-old because she's got a nativity, so she's learning the song. So what they try and do is go, I need to sing it to you. She's been singing it at me, but it keeps going. I need to do it eight times because she knows that eventually she yeah. wants to wind me up by keep doing it yeah. so that I go, no, that's enough. And she goes, oh, but no one will listen to me. That, that. So what I start doing is I go, oh, is it only eight? Why can't we do ten? Oh. And then her head's gone because she's <laughs> lost control of that. And she's like, oh, no, no, eight. I'm like, no, no, let's do ten. And then she does eight. I go, let's do one more. She goes, no, I don't want to. And then she runs oh, off. Oh, very good, Rob. So very I don't know good. if I'm damaging her, but... Yeah, that, that, but you that, know, you're yeah. winning now. That's the main I'm thing. We're winning now. <laughs> yeah, I have her holding pillars up in Woolworths next. <laughs> now, Rob. Yes. It's a big moment, isn't it? <gasps> this is very exciting. It's a big special yeah. announcement time, guys. Yeah. I'm having a... Th no, I'm not. Um... <laughs> Now, uh, so jo Josh, what are you what are you doing on the thirty first of January, twenty twenty two? Well, do you know what, Rob? I have got it blocked out in my diary. Are you going to be in Hackney? I will be in Hackney. I won't be. Le I will be ten minutes from my house. Actually, I'll be in Hackney as well. Yeah, well, we should meet up for a pint. Well, how about we do something else? Okay. Why are we dragging this out so long? Yeah. <laughs> so we've decided to dip our toe in the waters of live podcasting, which we've yeah. heard is a uh, a very uh, popular area but we'll see how it goes we're dipping our toe in with a one-off gig at hackney empire it is january the 31st 2021 
And it'll be the live version of this show. It'll be the live version of this show. We'll have a guest. We'll have various things. We've also got a little, a little sneaky way for you to get tickets as uh, listeners. Basically, if you want to get a ticket first, they go on sale Friday the 26th of November at 10am. However, if you sign up to our mailing list, you can get exclusive pre-sale access on Thursday the 25th at 10am. So what you need to do is sign up to the mailing list and then we will email you a code and a link to use in order to buy the tickets a day early as a, as a, as a thank you. It says in this email I've got yeah. to get exclusive access for pre-sale for listeners of the podcast. Who is coming to this that doesn't listen to the podcast? <laughs> I know. But anyway, this is what we're doing. And yeah. We've got this. Is we're going to put the link to the mailing list on our Instagrams, and it's going to be in the bio of the Parent in Hell Instagram page. But if Twitter you want to, yeah. if you want, this is it. I've got to read it out, Josh. And yeah. I think we're going to get criticised for this. Yeah. Parent in Hell Podcast dot sites dot com. That is unbelievable. We all, <laughs> all are mocking. All of our mocking. It's we're catchy. the worst. We're the worst. I'm going to repeat it just in case. Just in yeah. case. I'm sure you've got it. So it's Parenting Hell. Yes. Podcast. All one word. Dots yeah. like a full stop. And yeah. then mail, uh, as in uh, M-A-I-L, not as oh, yeah. in as in uh, men. M-A-I-L. Chimp, as in a chimpanzee. And then sites. And that's plural. S-I-T-E-S. Dot com. It'll be in our bio on Instagram and on our Twitter. If you sign up to that, you'll be you'll get an, you get an email um, to let you know how to buy tickets on the day before general release. So yeah, um, yeah sign up. Also, we'll be using that mailing list. I imagine for if we have any other things that crop yeah, up, like merch sign up or anyway. yeah, stuff exactly. like that. Yeah, um, and uh, Thursday the twenty fifth at ten a.m. We won't we won't spam you. Well, I think you need to do this if you want to get a ticket because I imagine oh, it's, definitely, it, it definitely. will get sold out on the day before potentially if if uh, if if it goes. What I've if heard you sign up. is that um, they've had to bring in the computers that they use for the Glastonbury Sales Day. That's all I'm saying. Really? Okay. Well, well. That's Good luck, the, that's guys. The news I've heard. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited <laughs> about it as well, Josh. I to can't be fair. wait. I'm really excited. It's going to be a brilliant night. Uh, I might have a bloody beer. Well, yes. This is what we need to talk about. When do we start getting pissed? <laughs> it's got to be January the twenty seventh. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, wicked. Right then. Well, thanks, guys. Please sign up, and hopefully, we'll see you at the gig. Now, it's very exciting, Rob. Yes, you were very excited about this booking, weren't you? Oh, I love Paris Fury. I love I, Tyson Fury. I had a thoroughly good time. She's great, isn't she? She's brilliant. Her book is out. It's called Love and Fury: The Magic and Mayhem of My Life with Tyson. Why not buy that along with our two books? If you haven't bought our two books, etc. This is Paris Fury. <laughs> Paris Fury, everyone. Paris, you have been one of the most requested guests, I'd say. Also, congratulations on being a Sunday Times bestseller. Congratulations. We've got your book here. Thank you. Love, Love yeah. and Fury. And people <laughs> have been... You've been one of the most popular guests they've asked for because your life, and you know, the kids, the parenting you do is off the chain. How many, for the <laughs> yes. listeners that don't know, please, can you give us a rundown of how many kids you've got and their ages so we all know where, where you're at? Well, we started out kind of normal. We have now six. Six. Um, we did have two. One, the oldest is twelve. The next one's ten. And then okay. for a few years, that was all there was. And then all of a sudden, we've got a, a five-three-two newborn. Wow. So we, uh, we caught up pretty quick. Yeah, five-three-two newborn. And can we go for their name? They've got incredible names, Paris. Can we have their names? Do you share their names to be for? Yes. Yeah. We've got Venezuela Linda. 
who's the oldest. Then we've mm-hmm. got Prince John James, Prince Tyson Luke, um, Valencia Amber, and Prince Adonis Amaziah. But before I wow. sound absolutely crazy, let me confirm yeah. that the boys aren't actually all called Prince. Yes, on paper they are, but the real thing is that when we had Prince, it was me. I got a bit like, I think I was a bit, you know, high on all the the, the epidurals and the, the yeah. things and the gas yeah. and air. And I, I took this thing in my brain like, oh, we've got to call him Prince. Like all along we had John James and then I decided we've got to call him Prince. He's got to be called Prince. So we did. And then Tyson evidently said afterwards, well, we can't have one and they, they've got to all be Princes now. Uh... So that turned into an ongoing argument until I agreed that yes, we'll put it on the paper, but obviously we do have Prince, Tyson and Adonis. They don't yes. get them. Yeah titles as such no <laughs> no fair enough well because i remember seeing um, i'm a big boxing fan so I've, I've sort of seen you in ifl interviews and in your documentaries of tyson for, for years before you've started your own like you know writing your books and appearing on telly a sort of a sort of personality and um, yeah i remember he used to have venezuela on his shorts but now he's got so many does he just not have their names <laughs> on his shorts or is he doing you know he's gonna run out of fights to have all their yeah. names on his shorts I think they're kind of stitched in different places. I remember last time he showed me like he had a jumper and they was all stitched around his sleeves. And I went, you've missed some of them. And he was like, no, look, turn it over. There's some there. So, yeah, <laughs> he is running out of space on the clothing to, yeah, to get the names on. Do you shorten those names? Or do you go, for, is, what's the shortening of Venezuela? Or do you go for the full name every no, time? I, I go for a full name. I don't really like, um, I don't really like cutting it short. I think whatever your name is, you should stick by it. So yeah, she gets Venezuela. The love little girls, Valencia. And then the boys is Prince, Tyson and Adonis. The only one who does get a nickname is Little Tyson. He, it seemed completely surreal to call this tiny little baby Tyson, especially when you look at the dad. (laughs) So for a long while, he got tutty. Um, But now we've got to stop that because I am presuming eventually he's going to grow into a big, big young man himself. And to be called tutty seems a bit... I don't know. Yeah. I'd find if he if he does become a boxer, he could Tutti Fury actually thinks more scary because yeah. it seems he's gentle, but obviously he's going to be a big unit. Um, yes. Also, <laughs> if he grows as big as his dad, no one's going to take the piss out of him for being called Tutti. No one's going to. No. No one's yeah, going to. You never know. They might do it behind his back, but no, I don't think they'll get to his face. What, what I found so intriguing, Paris, is like the setup you've got with the six kids, and and you, you sort of are almost like part part time single parent. With the way boxing works, is for people that don't know, Tyson will be off for like what sometimes three or three months at a time in yes. Vegas, and and you are doing it all on your own. So how do you have help with that, or do you do it on your own, or how, how is that when you when it's just yourself? No, I do it on my own. I kind of have um, this thing that I don't really like getting help. Um, I don't like getting help out of the family. So, like, my mum will come sometimes and have a week with me or she'll watch the kids sometimes when I go um, to see Tyson fight and that. But I don't really like to have strangers watch mm. my kids. So I've always chose just to keep um, to keep at home and keep with the children. Um, so it's been... Um, it's definitely hard when he goes away. I wrote about this in my book because I think mm. there's a lot of parents, not just for boxers, like... Yeah. Any, any people who go into big, big high-level sports like footballers, um, boxing, whatever, this takes people away from their families. Also, you've got people who's in the army, people who work on oil rigs. So they all have the same sort of situation that you, at time, are left as a single parent. And I think it's even harder when you do have that stability of, right, there's, there's, there's me and Tyson and the kids, and he'll do half the school run, and he'll do the doctor's trips as well as yeah. I do, and I'll do the dentist, and we juggle it. But then all of a sudden, he's gone. And yeah. when he's gone, it's like, oh my goodness, this is so hard. And so yeah. it is, it is. And as the kids are getting older, which I think most parents find, 
there's so much more to do. There's so many different, like, yeah. they've got their after-school oh, clubs. Oh, don't tell me that. Weekends. I don't want to hear that. Oh, it gets hard. And now, no. like, you've got, <laughs> oh, you've got young kids. Yeah. yeah. I know it yeah. can't get harder, can it? Surely <laughs> no, not. it really does. But you know oh, what? My my old parents used to say this, and my um, my old aunties and grannies, they say, oh, you don't know what it is when you can tuck your kids in bed at night time. That's the easiest time. And I keep looking at these little ones thinking, oh, but just please grow up a little bit, like stop with the night feed, stop running around, stop with all the trauma. But then my girl who's 12 has now got like her piano lessons, her social mm. friends, her, her party she wants to go to. And then it's just a whole new ball game. So I imagine when they're teenagers, it'd be like, whoa. So yeah, we definitely, um, when Tyson's at home, we split the load. And then when he goes, yeah, yeah it is definitely hard. It's yeah, really he's, hard. he's very hands-on at home, isn't he? He does a lot. So in a way that must be harder when he goes because with footballers, for example, I think because they play all year, all the time, you're sort of used to being on your own, but because he's at home for four months nonstop and then away for four months, it's quite feast or famine, isn't it? It really is. That's that's the difference. That's what I find. And I think also the fact that I don't have um, childcare. I don't have, like, um, mm. nannies or as such. I do have a funny story about the nanny situation, actually. Oh, yeah. I kind of got, like, when I had the three in two and a half years, obviously there was <laughs> three, there was three of them. <laughs> three in um, two and a half years? Yes. I can't even do the maths. <laughs> no, I literally, I had baby Tyson, and then, because we'd had difficulties before, uh, getting to get Tyson, because, obviously, I had the first two real easy, then we had this big... It problems in between which I discussed yeah, about yeah. in the book which was uh, I lost one quite far on and then it was years of trying to get pregnant again so when I had Tyson I was like you know what I'm just going to keep going well we did and we had mm. Tyson Valencia and Adonis within well Tyson was two and a half and Adonis was born oh wow. Um, wow so I thought to myself I thought you know what it was really hard for a few years then all of a sudden I've got um I was pregnant with Athena and I thought, yeah. I might actually, you know, I might try this nanny scene, you know. I might actually, you know, give in to it. So, well, everybody I know, like loads of people I know have them. And they're like, you don't have childcare. I'm like, no, I don't have childcare. I just do it on my own. So I thought, you know what, I'll try. So I got this really high class sort of nanny who was very well experienced. And I asked her to come for an interview. So she come to the house and I brought her in. And she wasn't really aware of myself and my family and my situation. Um, and... I it, then I, she, she said, how many children do you have? I said, five, one on the way. And she went, oh, I've never worked with that many before. I said, how many? She said, two. So I said, follow me in here. I'd like to introduce you to the kids. So I said, here's Venezuela, here's T Prince, here's Tyson, here's, Ado here's Adonis, here's Valencia. Oh, just let me find Valencia, actually. <laughs> you know, like, here they all are. <laughs> she sent me an email afterwards. I don't think I'm suited to your post. So <laughs> that was just the kick in the teeth. So oh, I'm never no, going that and that again. <laughs> Oh no, Paris! Oh, oh that's that's, that's oh, unnanniable situation. That is unnanniable, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. And are they are they all in school now as well? Because I remember because they're in primary school, I think some. But I remember you and Tyson have got slightly different views on them going to secondary school. Because I think in the traveller culture, is it at te is there a certain age when they don't go to school and they stay at home more? Is that correct? Yes, in the sort of gypsy and traveller community, normally. Uh, after primary they don't go into secondary school um, because at this sort of time they start getting homeschooled and they also get schooled in like the the ways of their mothers their fathers what we do as a as a family and also for the fact that they travel a lot so the school mm. becomes obviously awkward to keep them in and out of in and out of so and that's for the greater traveling community as well they travel a lot and they, mm. they can't keep the kids in the situation so they do homeschooling um so all my kids 
well, no, two's in nursery, sorry, one's, at, one's a newborn, two's in nursery, yeah. two's in primary, and my oldest girl has just finished primary and gone into homeschooling. Okay. So that is what we sort of agreed. Are you doing that as well? Well, no, I do have a tutor to do that. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not that clever. I tried, I tried that during <laughs> lockdown. We all tried that during lockdown as parents. Come on, yeah. admit that was a big task. Oh, God, that, that, that gave up and you yeah. had two, Rob. Well, You've got well, two I lasted, kids. I lasted two weeks. I lasted a full two weeks of being the greatest teacher ever. And then I was like, every teacher needs a raise and I can't do this no more. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So um, she's in homeschooling and she's doing really good. We sort of agreed to disagree, um, me and Tyson. And yeah, because it was very much the other way. He wanted them to go to, to secondary school, didn't he? I think that's what I got from, I think it was your ITV documentary I was yes. watching. Well, what we've agreed is that Venezuela's going to be homeschooled. She's still going to take all her GCSEs. She's still going to follow through with her education. Mm. And when she's... I actually just found out now that I've been going through the system that she can take her GCSEs sooner um, because it'll be a one-to-one schooling all the time. Um, Mm. She'll be able to take them sooner and be able to start whatever she wants to do after that. Like myself, I went to college and I'd done um, a beauty course at 15, but because I wasn't in high school... I got to start at 15 instead of the other girls who was all sort of starting at 17. Yeah. So maybe it'll be an advantage to her life. I'm not sure. We'll find out. But it's, it depends what she wants to do. Exactly. It's, it's all different. I just found it interesting that you had um, both had different views on it. And I was trying to find out who won the argument. But it looks like it's a sort of a compromise at the moment. I was think that's first? what it was. It was more of a compromise. It was a give and take. You know, we've got to, we, we like to keep traditions in our, in our culture. But mm. I think it's you've got to meet the 21st century. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah. I think it's a good way to look at it. I should say as well, your book, Paris, the photos in your book, I think it's some of the greatest collections of photos I've ever seen <laughs> of on holidays and when you, when you and Tyson are young. It's because you've been together for so long. It's it's remarkable, isn't it? Like, you, what was it? You was like 16, 17 when you met and, and yep. these, these photos are incredible. It just shows what a sort of loving, loving, fam- loving family you've got. And it feels like the kids are the... As much as you two are both stars, you're writing your books, and Tyson's obviously best, one of the best fighters in the world. It's that the kids are the stars of, the, of your family, really. They're the, they're the oh, number one priority. When they're around, they definitely steal the limelight. But they um, they are, yeah, our priority above anything. And I think most parents would be the same. I think there'd be something wrong if it wasn't. Nothing else matters but your children uh, mm. above anything else. What I mean is kids first and foremost, come first, you know, like, yeah. yes, everybody's got their job, everybody's got their business, everybody's got their hobbies they like to do. But if if it meant something bad towards your children, you're going to give that all up. So for yeah. us, the kids come first, you know, that's why they've been everywhere with us. If we travel abroad, they come with us. If we go, we've been, they've been in training camps. They've been all yeah. around Europe when Venezuela and Prince was young. We literally traveled. I talked about that in the book. We talked about how we just used to pack up and go as a family because, it was never like, oh, well, there's the kids, they're doing their thing it, and we'll just do ours or Tyson will do his. We went as a unit and that's how we tried to keep that way. Well, I've, I've seen you on your Instagram flying to America and it's just you with the kids. Was it, didn't you yeah. fly with oh, like six word. kids once? Um, five. Five, five has been my limit, but I'm pr- pretty sure at some point I'll fly with the six. Yeah, it was t- challenging. <laughs> That's definitely challenging. How do you take me through that? Pro- like, how do you even get I that? think it's like a military process. You know, you've got to have yeah. the right amount of bags, the right amount of uh, <laughs> sweets given before you get on that plane. Um, and yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely hard work, but what is it? It's 12 hours out of your life. You've got to do that big, long flight, and then we're there. Um, yeah. But as I say, I don't have no one else to do this with. I, I choose no. not to do that. And I, that's what I wanted to do. So when Tyson goes abroad, I meant 
like it's been a couple of times I flew out to America or back from America just myself with the children. Um, but like like most people say, I do get a lot of pat on the back for that flight, and I, I actually I I think I deserve it because yeah. I see some people stressing with one, and I think like no no one's easy, one's yeah. no problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like a black belt, <laughs> it's like black belt karate of parenting. <laughs> yeah. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. How do the people around you react when they see the five kids approach on the plane? <laughs> I think it's pure dread. I remember we went once um, in first class. We all had our own beds. Now, normally we fly economy because it's easier. For me to fly in the normal seats, it's so much easier because they're all rowed up next to me. So this <laughs> yeah. time, Tyson, somebody had booked our flights and we was all in first class. There was Tyson with me as well. So we went in and there's like they're following in and people's faces are like... Oh my gosh! <laughs> You're gonna ruin our flight. I've paid for first class. And yeah. This has happened. But because they fly so often, to be honest, the kids are really good. Mm. They're really used to it. Yeah. So I think the first half hour when they was like climbing into each other's beds, that was a bit embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. But once they settled down and they got the cartoons going again, yeah, no problem. And do you think if could Tyson do five on his own on a flight? No, I wouldn't trust Tyson Five on his own in this house. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I did the other day. I actually done my book tour um, and I had to do three days out of the home. Um, And if you've watched Cheaper by the Dozen, I was literally that mother. I kept ringing and saying, are you okay? Is everything all right? Are you all right? Are you sure everything's going good? Um, Because like a couple of days I did take the new baby with me and then the last day it was just Tyson with the six. And you know what? He owned it, he done it. But (laughs) I think... I think you're better for knowing that, obviously, I'm here always. Like, I have always got the kids and I'm always juggling them where Tyson does go and come. So, like, I think as that parent, he he does do it, obviously, but I've got to admit, I was worried. I was worried. But it's hard, isn't it? Because a baby, especially within a couple of months, like you go, oh, they sleep at that time, they wake at that time. But if he's been away for a month, then that's all changed. So he's got to learn it all again. It's it's hard. Also, as well, you're so matter-of-fact and confident. I find it really inspiring because, you know, it was quite traumatic. Your youngest, you you was was premature and you was in the sort of intensive care hospital for a little while. Is, Is that right, Paris? It's about right. Yeah. When yeah. I had Athena, she wasn't she wasn't premature. She was born on um, a regular date, but oh, she right. had a, a racing heartbeat, something yeah. I've never experienced. Apparently, it's very common in, in um, young children. And mm. her heart was racing at like 300 plus beats per minute, which then was Blimey. causing severe medical problems with her. Yeah. Um, so we got blue lighted to Alderley Hospital. Oh, God. And it was the first time I've ever experienced this, that she was in intensive care for so long. Um 
it was two weeks, like she was literally brand newborn and it was, it was such a strange situation. So we had a really bad couple of weeks and it was very, uh, well, at one point she actually, um, she actually totally like her heart stopped. She, she stopped breathing everything. She was, she was dying on the table and yeah. they, they came in and they resussed her and put her back on a ventilation oh, tube. And oh my we word. went through this. Like Tyson was actually everything seemed like it was going really well. And Tyson was gone jogging around the hospital. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I called him and I said, Come back now, something's wrong. And he come in. And as he come in, they was resussing her and I was stood screaming. And it was oh, obviously mate. severe trauma. Of course. Um, and this was just weeks before he was due to train well, yeah. fight for Wilder. It, it, delayed, it delayed his training camp slightly, didn't it, for the Wilder fight that was a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, well, normally Tyson goes out to America for uh, a minimum of like six weeks, sometimes eight weeks. Um, and this time he never went out till the last three weeks because he spent the next three weeks training in Morecambe so that he could be near the baby. Yeah. You know, he wasn't at home. He was out of home, but he was still only in Morecambe just oh, in case anything went wrong. I mean, there's a there's a real steeliness, and you obviously seen it with you know yeah. Tyson in the ring, and obviously what he went through with his mental health and his comeback, and yourself, you you know as much as he went through that, being married to someone and so close to that, you you almost go through it yourself by proxy, and there's a real sort of it's a resilience between you. And it, is that that you both have that inbuilt individually, or or do you find it like together you're quite a team with that to go through those kind of things? I think we've got each other's back on that situation. I think. Um... Obviously, Tyson's been there for me when I've needed him, and obviously, I've been there for him. And with Tyson's mental health problems, that was uh, a long that was a long time I had his back. To be fair, yeah. it, was quite, it was a bit one sided. <laughs> yeah. But we um, we went through it, and everything everything that he went through has obviously made us stronger as a as mm. a family and as a couple. But it was uh, a very hard time for uh, Tyson when he went through them problems. And how was it with the kids when he was going through those problems? Were they aware what was going on, or were you trying to kind of shield them from it? Well, at the time, we only had the two that was like five and six, I think it was, maybe six six and eight or around them ages. So they were still very young. So I, as the mother, I shielded them from that. I didn't, they wasn't aware of these situations. They wasn't aware of dad's problems. And like when dad went out drinking at times and things, they was obviously in bed, sleep and had the bedtime story and was unaware. But as the partner... I was there the whole time, and I think I think as the as the the partner of the person with mental health problems, you are there constantly, and that was one of the main reasons I actually wrote my book was because I really wanted to give people the light to show how I managed with it and how I yeah. coped yeah. with all of that situation because I think obviously Tyson had friends, he's got his really great family, his brothers and his dad and that, but I lived it. I was the one living it day to day on a daily basis. Mm. Mm. And I saw everything and I was the one seeing him after two and three days of binge drinking or crying for two and three days with depression. And we went through it. So it was a very hard time and it was very, very upsetting um, for me to watch Tyson debilitate that badly. But he come through it on the other side and he it made him a better person. I think he's he's so much better now than he ever has been with his mental health because he's aware of the situation and it's made him, me and him, aware of everything when he got diagnosed, we was now more open to it and mm. understanding of it, where before me and Tyson was very naive to the situation, which I think is, for the greater world, I think that's what we're all starting to be more aware of mental health issues and yeah. being more yeah. open and learning to talk about it and support people with it. 
Well, yeah, because I think that's kind of thing, especially a big alpha strong men. It's a strong, silent type. Keep it to yourself. And how was it, especially like the traveller community with opening up about feelings? Was it, was it welcoming or were people a bit suspicious about sort of, you know, talking about those kind of things? Or, or, or did you find it sort of, I think, from an outsider point of view, that I think it's done amazing work everywhere and especially within the traveller community because it's such, both of you are such, I don't know, people to look up to about how to sort of, you know, deal with things in the, the sort of modern world. I think I think you have got a point there. I think we've got friends that's in the travel community or the non-travel community, both of that sides. Um, but people who knew us really well um, was very naive to this situation. And mm. I do think it's helped. I know that there's been many Tyson, Tyson's had a lot of phone calls um, and messages and thousands and thousands asking, "How do you deal with it?" And I, I'm I'm been suffering for years in silence and. The best thing to do is talk about it. And it was the same with me. I had literally thousands of messages asking me, how did you deal with it? How did you deal with Tyson? How did you deal with his depression? And I can't say I've got the right answers for everybody, but I put it in words in the book so that people can see how I deal with it because I can't answer everyone individually. Mm. Um, Yeah, of course. But yes, it's amazing, the book. It's it's all in there. It's brilliant. Yeah, and I I just think it gave that base to show people that you you can be strong. And it, there was times literally when I didn't feel strong, there was times when I wanted to run away. There's times when I wanted to leave and think I never signed on to be here. And mm. like, I didn't de- I didn't want to deal with the situation anymore. Cause obviously for me, I was the, the woman at home and it was Tyson was out partying. He was, he was obviously drinking. There was abuse, substance abuses that I wasn't aware of. I found out in the papers. Um, so I had all that to deal with and to try and still put on a brave face. Um, <sighs> And it, it was really hard at times. And I kept thinking, like, you know what? I just don't want to be here. But if I knew if I wasn't there, Tyson wouldn't be here today. So yeah. I stayed and obviously we got through it together. And that's that was our way of dealing with it. And the situation now, does you watchful? Like, how does it work in that kind of situation? Because you say you've got through it. But what do you do to kind of stop that occurring again and stuff? I think, um, I think with mental health, it's something that's always there. And I think mm. that we recognize the symptoms more. Tyson recognizes his own self now when he feels a bit low and he knows that exercise works for him. He knows that keeping a routine works for him. So I obviously keep that push. Like last year when we went into lockdown, it was the COVID lockdown and we'd done the workout videos. I had no wish or desire to do a workout video. Like (laughs) there is not going to be a Paris Fury workout DVD releasing at Christmas, I promise you. (laughs) But it was that... I knew that the gyms was closing. Um, you was possibly getting locked in. We was possibly on the breach of like, nobody was leaving their houses. So obviously Tyson had to do his exercise. And what I thought was, you know what? I'm going to get up with you. And he said, do it with me, do it with me. So like, we'll do it together. It's better when you're together. And I thought, you know what? I will get up and I am going to do the exercise video with you because I know it'll keep you fit and well. That was why I got up and done it. You know, I mm, thought every yeah. morning, I thought, you know what? And a half an hour, an hour's workout ain't going to hurt me. It'll give, give me a bit of a boost but it'll definitely help you. And that was how it come to start. And that was my version of support in him. That was, that's how we worked through it. And that's what you, I knew, I recognized the thought that he's getting upset. He's going to, he's going to be depressed about this. He's going to be down if he can't do his exercises. Boom. We had the answer. So yeah. And it helped a lot of people as well. People love people love that in a lockdown. Your kid actually went viral. I'm not sure which one of the boys it was, but got viral. <laughs> you had a little bit of a family bicker live yeah. on Instagram to about what hundred thousand people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just casual like he came yeah. in. 
And they was uh, all of them wanted to do the exercise. So the day before, they all joined in. Well, then the next day, more of them tried to join in. So like we had the four or five of us all in yeah. there. And Tyson, big Tyson, just blew and said like, "Get out, get out! Is it stopping it? Get out!" So when he went out, obviously he turned around and he gave us a load of abuse. And he decided he was going to swear live on camera. <laughs> so I like ushered out the room and like, "No, you can't swear, and you're on TV, and you shouldn't be swearing." Um, and yeah, it did. It did go viral. But I do have another little story that didn't get caught on camera. They oh, missed. Yeah. It didn't go viral. My boy, who was five, uh, who was five, he was four at the time, maybe three came in with his trousers round his ankle, underpants as well, and a roll of toilet roll. And he come walking in behind me, and I caught him in the side of the camera, and I was like, ah! You know what I mean? oh, and no. I ran out. And he was like, wipe my bum, mum. And it was like so normal to him, but obviously yes. that one didn't go viral. They didn't catch that. The viewers missed it. Oh, God, thank God for that. You don't need that kind of viral. Yeah. Poor kid. But, um, yeah, he'd be forever known as the toilet roll kid. <laughs> Looking at like these, the photos, as Rob says, are amazing. There's a great photo of you guys uh, with the rock, and like, and even in that photo, I'm like counting up the kids, and you're like, oh, there's another one in the corner I hadn't even seen. <laughs> there's like, how often when you're going out, you must be doing head counts every moment of the day, right? Yeah, that's that is. I learned that trick from my mum. We was well, I was one of four, and my mum mm. used to just count us one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Well, now I do that, but it's starting to get hard because you get like to five and you think one's missing. Where's that one? And like, have I counted you already? <laughs> a bit like Home Alone when you count the heads. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a bit, of, I'm a bit OCD with the kids. I like to know that they're quite close by. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah it's easier and that way. Are you stopping at six? Or are you going to go for more? What's the plan? The honest truth is I would love to have more. I always wanted a big family, and I think I'm only 31. Ugh, choke on that word. But <laughs> I I think, like, yeah, I've got a good few years to think if I wanted more children, and I, yeah. I could. But when Athena was born and she had her health difficulties at the time, which, thank God, everything's perfect now. Um, yeah. But it was such a scare, and it was the first time in my life I ever literally wanted to cut myself in half and be with my kids at home who were all worried and kind of aware that something was wrong yeah. and then also be at the hospital with Athena which was where we was me and Tyson never left there for two weeks but I did also want to see the kids and I, they came over to the hospital which then completely upset me so people in that situation I can't imagine what they're like when they go through like months and months or years and years of ongoing treatment with yeah. other children and children at home so my heart goes out to them because I was only there two weeks and it was so hard. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's difficult. You could, that's the thing when you've got lots of kids, you can't be everywhere at once if they need you, can you? It's all right yeah. if one needs you for one thing, but then if something else happens to another, it's, you feel like it's, it's hard to spread yourself around, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm just thinking, obviously, like I said before, there's so much going on with like all their after-school clubs and mm. their, their lessons and their things that they do and their friends, what they want to go now, like to the park, you know, because I don't know what's yeah. so exciting about the park for a 12-year-old. Yes. Yeah. But... Um, <laughs> I've got all that to come, and I just think, will there be enough of me and Tyson to juggle all that yeah. situation if I keep having more children? So I'm not sure. I would love more, and my, my granny had eight kids, um, and it was never a problem to her, and she said it was the best thing she ever done. So I always look and think big families are beautiful, but I just, I don't know. I'm on the fence now. 
Fair enough. I, I love that you're, you've got six kids and you're going, I do quite fancy having a big family. And me and Rob are going, I've got two and it feels like a big family. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm on the fence about having a big family. Mate, you've got six kids. My well, friends all say this to me. They're like, what are you on about? And I'm like, yes. yeah, but I don't know. It doesn't, seem, it doesn't seem crazy big. Like, I don't know. I just, I doesn't feel like, I think I'm, I'd probably feel overdone if there was like 20 of them in here. Then, yeah. I, then oh, I'd yeah. feel all right, but. Yeah, that's squishing the squeeze. Just nothing. Yeah. <laughs> And um, the um, the kids do the kids watch Tyson Fury? I know you go over to watch. Do do they watch him in the the boxing or do they watch the repeat? No, what? they watch him live. The hmm. the little ones are all just asleep, but the bigger yeah. the bigger two have watched it for the last couple of years now. Um, when they was little, I didn't. I kept them away from the boxing sort of scene. Um, yeah, I, they knew their dad boxed, and yeah, they saw like some of the repeats. But I didn't tell like my mum always used to watch them and she used to say should I get them up and I'd say no leave them sleep just let them see it the next day because I don't yeah. think it's something like when Tyson fought Otto Wallen and he had that really big cut yeah that um, was quite bloody wasn't it it was really horrific and the kids watched that and they was crying and it was upsetting for them and I just I I think being in person that's why I've never took the kids to the fight they've yeah. only been to one um, and that was a big flop. That was terrible. One was playing on the phone. One kept asking for food and the toilet. So uh, I said, never again. You're never coming again. Uh, which fight was and that? It was Tyson's comeback fight in Manchester. Oh, Sephiroth that guy. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. And the two, Tyson said, it's only in Manchester. Bring them, bring them. And I said, no, they shouldn't be at fights. I don't believe yeah. they should be at fights. Not for their dads anyway. Different watching as a fan, watching someone else if they wanted to go, which they haven't, but if they did. But to actually watch their parents fight, yeah. I think it's a bit horrific. I mean, that one was a bit more safe because it was obviously it was a comeback fight. But like you know, even with uh, Tyson beating Deontay Wilder, he's taken a few really sort of horrific punches that he's come back from. But seeing that happen to your dad's not a nice thing to see when you're young, I imagine. You know? No, a hundred percent. I've seen children at boxing rings. Um, it's up to every, everybody's individual thought. But I've seen the kids of them around us at ringside. You know, when their dad's boxing and. Yeah. It ain't nice. It's not no. nice to see their dad getting punched because I've seen some little little kids there crying and things, and I think this is where you shouldn't be. Like, you shouldn't be here. Yeah, because um, it looks it looks wor- it's way worse ringside than it is on the telly. It looks brutal on the telly, but in the room, it's, there's a different energy and feeling, different isn't feeling, there? Of course, yeah. and you've also got the feeling of there's like always at the fight. There's me, his brother Shane, his brother Yui. We always sit right next to each other. And like the dread on our faces would just upset anybody yes, sat around us. Of you know, like we are just to pieces, and the the nervous energy coming off of us would severely, I don't know, it's scar yeah. the children. So yeah. I just don't think they should be there. But they do watch the dad, and they're totally aware that he's a boxer and everything that's going on, and they love it. To, they love to watch it now and support. But I still think there was always that thing. I wanted to keep that gap there. Have any of them been to a boxing gym or st- done any boxing or anything? Um, my my girl, the oldest girl, used to say she was going to be the next Layla Ali, and then she got to about ten, got punched in the face, and said, "No, I don't want to be a boxer." So <laughs> I think she learned. She was sparring with like one of her baby cousins, and she was like, "No, I don't want to do this." No, yeah. so I said, "Right, that's you out the question." And then my boy Prince has no interest in boxing at all at the moment. I don't know if he ever will. Tyson has said he wouldn't push the kids into boxing. Neither would I. I don't, neither of us will push them into. Anything really, whatever they choose to do, that's what they're gonna do. But Prince has no interest. He he really likes wrestling. He loves the WE, which obviously Tyson went into mostly for Prince, mostly just so. Yeah, I saw that he was in Saudi Arabia, wasn't he? He was actually in the main event fighting in the WWE. It's unbelievable. And he literally did that for his son, really, because he said he mentioned that. So he sort of 
it was mainly because his son he loves it so much, basically. That the was boy. it, yeah. My, my, my prince was about eight at the time and we was in America and Tyson said he got asked to come down to the WE. Um, so we all went as a family. That was where we met The Rock. Lovely man, by the way. Yeah. Um, and we went, we went to the show and it was amazing. Like, I couldn't believe the fans. That, you think, like, the fans back here are, are crazy. The fans for that wrestling show is unbelievable. So yeah. we went there and Prince just lit up and Tyson said, you know what, I'm going to go into this. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll do this for a bit. And, like, he loved it. He went to all the training facilities and met all the wrestlers. And that was really why Tyson done that. Amazing. Um, but no, no boxing then. But that's the thing. I don't know. I think you could watch your partner fight. I, I, seeing your kid fight, it's a different level. I don't, how would you, would you go and watch or would you stay away? Well, I've got this sort of like thing that I like to be there. If, if I'm not a run away, if the kids fall over, I run straight to it. Like I've got friends that if the kids fall, they run the opposite direction. I go, oh, I can't deal with it. And I'm like, yeah. no, I run straight into the problem. Um, yeah. So it's the same with Tyson. When Tyson fights, there's been very few times like, I can count on one hand how many times I've missed these fights. Even though I don't like it, I hate being there. I hate the the whole fight. It's nothing enjoyable. Yeah. But I like to be there for him. So if the kids ever did box, I would definitely be there. But I know it would feel even worse. So I can't yeah. imagine what it feels like. Because I remember when his brother boxed, um, his little brother Yui boxed first. And I went to see him. And obviously I've known him from being like nine and I saw him fight, and it was worse than watching my husband fight. I got more upset because I was thinking, like, oh, the baby, even though he's, like, 18 or 19 yeah. at the time. <laughs> oh, the baby. So I can't imagine what it's like if my boys box. God, yeah. I don't yeah. think the girls will because, like, my Venezuela instantly said she didn't want to do it anymore, and then Valencia, she's, like, a fairy princess. So unless Athena shocks us all and she becomes the heavyweight champion of the world. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. Well, but, you know, Tyson was born, wasn't it, premature, month prematurely and weighed a pound? And then he went yeah, on to right. be six foot nine. Is that true, Paris, or is that folklore? No, he was born seven weeks, uh, seven weeks wow. premature. He was really premature. He died three times um, <gasps> in the incubators. Um, oh, he was really ill. Yeah, his mum had uh, a real bad time when she had him. But obviously... They said, I think that's where his dad's told the story before of where Prince, they, they said to him, that's how he got the name Tyson because he said he's a fighter. He's a fighter. He's going to fight. Because the other boys all have normal names John, Shane, Huey. They have like old fashioned traditional names. And then there's obviously Tyson, who was named after Mike Tyson. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's unbelievable. Because, you know, there's such an inspiring story. So a lot of people, when they have premature kids, they sort of think, oh, God, they're going to be big and strong, whatever. And, you know, you can't get much bigger and stronger than the, you know, heavyweight champion of the world at six foot nine. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? So. It's an amazing, it's an amazing story. And it, it, the thing is, a lot of people think that Tyson's name isn't even his real name. They say, oh, his real name's Luke. Yeah. But it isn't. His, his name all his life, he was Tyson Luke Fury. That was... Um, his middle name was that, and that's what my baby boy's called after his dad. So yeah. people say, I know that Dillian White keeps emphasising, oh, that's not his real name, he's just changed yeah. it to make himself sound scary, but it really isn't. He was called <laughs> that name because he was born premature. Yeah, and when you first met, didn't he tell you he was going to be the heavyweight champion of the world? He did. I really looked at him like he had two heads and thought, oh, my goodness. <laughs> but I suppose that's what kept me here all this time. I, I just knew he was different and he, he had yeah. this personality and belief in himself. 
You um, said that to Lou, didn't you, Rob, when you first met her? You said yeah, I'm going to be her weight over the world. And she, she said, no, you're not. <laughs> She's still waiting. She's still but, waiting. I mean, because I don't know, but, you know, obviously Tyson's just your, your your husband and all these stuff he's got and done. But, you know, do, do you roll his eyes, you roll your eyes a little bit when he's playing up and stuff like that? Because you, you know him so well. Like with the singing at the end when he wins, do you still, do you still enjoy that? Or do, you, or, or do you find it awkward when he sings to you? Because it's an amazing moment when he's just had this massive fight in the middle of Vegas and he turns to you and sings to you. Like, do you still find that romantic or do you? get a bit awkward with it Paris no in the ring when that has happened um, I'm just so pleased and ecstatic that Tyson has actually won the fight that yeah. I think you know what do what you want to do you just you just go with it he loves to sing up and down I think it's his moment you know he's got his karaoke mic and it's like yeah I'm back again <laughs> but it's I think you know what you just do it and then afterwards I look and think oh cringe yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think it's amazing I love it it's the, you... aftermath. <laughs> it's the aftermath yeah well, like that. well you went viral with the way you looked at Tyson when he was uh, getting these belts and his acclaim and it went viral <laughs> oh, of like so that... embarrassing a couple goals but you were really doughy eyed you loved him you could tell how much you loved him in that moment just watching him get all this acclaim and, and, and stuff like that which is, is incredible <laughs> you know the truth the truth behind that moment I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna like ruin it now go on the truth is I was really nervous I was so nervous <laughs> and I was biting my lip with nerves and like it looks so it looks so yeah. cringy it, it does, does look, look like, like you're really you've had a couple of wines and you're really into him but <laughs> yeah, actually but you're so just nervous yeah I was really nervous <laughs> And I was looking at him and I was, one, I was so proud. I was, that, that, that must've been true. Yeah. But then the other thing I was looking and he had a really bad bruise on the back of his head. And I was oh. thinking, oh my goodness, that's really bad. We've got to get him out. I've got to yeah. get out this ring, get it, get it ice on it. And like, obviously people have not seen that side of it. They have just seen this really, really weird kind of raunchy looking fighting. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no, that's not what was happening. No, okay. But yeah, that's the thing because, you know, he did win that fight, but he took a lot of bl like heavy blows to the head and sometimes the adrenaline keeps the fighter going, but when they get back to the dressing room and the cameras are not there, that's when you can really see the injuries and stuff. Yeah, that's the truth. And obviously, like Tyson had two big black eyes. He had bruises all over his head. I mean, these fights are brutal and people don't see that. And yeah, the mm. next day we was out and that night we was out partying and the next day we went to um, the big pool party. But if you notice, he had his shades on most of that day. Yeah. I mean, he does. He looked pretty beat up. So yeah. it's not nice to see your loved one like that. No, of course. What Imagine being your little boy. Think? God. Yeah, what do they oh, think when no. they see him like that? The baby kids don't really understand. And then the big ones, I presume, they just think, well, dad's won his fight and he's had a fight. Yeah. I don't think yeah. children at this age really understand any sort of danger that's going on with the sport to be fair though yeah. he's never really been beaten up that much like too bad like you know some fighters have a real he's had tough fights but he's won every fight he's had so and he's you know he's never he's never really took a you know a beating no one's ever beat him you no. know so no, you know, he's never took, you know. no exactly i did just to say this that it was easier to watch tyson's earlier fights because he was fighting obviously opposition that he just went through like a like, like a, I don't know, a wrecking ball. Like he yeah. literally just, he never got hit. But then in the last fights, obviously he's world level, everybody that fights in world level. So the fights are more well matched and it is hard to watch Tyson fight mm. on that level because like you say, he's always won and he's always come through it. But now there's, he's not coming through without a scratch, put it that way. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. the world yeah. is un unbelievable power. But um, with, with, with now your life's changed so much, really, you know, with, and, and not only is there sort of more money, there's sort of a claim, um, and, you know, you're a, number, you're a Sunday Times bestselling author. You, you know, your husband's a world champion of the world. You've got some money, your life's changing. How, how, do you, do you find, how do you deal with that with the kids and they're growing up with famous parents and successful parents? We are trying to keep them as grounded as possible. Uh, it's... Um... 
It's difficult. It is hard because the yeah, well, one's called Prince. It's quite hard to keep a prince <laughs> grounded. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's uh, he's probably the best one out the lot because he's he's proper puppy dog. He's real, oh, he's is real he? soft. That prince. <laughs> no, yeah. It's, yeah, it's I think hard to keep Tyson's him grounded, isn't it? More. Yeah, it is hard. Um, I think what we're finding at the minute is that we like we're trying to keep him some sort of for some sort of normality on money like right you've got so much money you can go and buy this with it try and mm. save your money earn earn your things you need to buy a car you need to buy things because obviously when they turn like 17 18 i don't want them flying up and down in dad's lamborghinis and ferraris and things these kids are going to buy their own cars they're going to mm. learn how to work and earn their money and that's what i want that's what i'm trying my best to do and um, me and tyson and then you've also got the fact that i don't want them to be you know, like, oh, we're celebrities or obviously yeah. everywhere they go, people know them. So it's hard to balance this and we're yeah. only learning. Um, yeah. The other thing, the other thing that's difficult is just to live a normal life for us to live in Morecambe, which is where we're at at the minute. And that's, that's easy because everybody's known us for years here. So yeah. we're not nothing special. We're not like, oh, wow, here's Tyson and Paris. Here's the kids. Here's, oh my goodness. It's just normal. And yeah, people say hello and they get a picture, but that's it. It's not like a, a big ordeal. Um, but when we go to towns, cities, zoos, fairgrounds, anything, mm. there is no normal life. Yeah. There is no yeah. there's, there's no, no second check. You're definitely Tyson and Paris Fury with six feet. There's no, <laughs> it's, it's not like, oh, is it them? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's difficult yeah. to keep Even your head down. Even when I'm on my own, if yeah. I'm on my own and I put like a hat on and I walk through, nobody really notices. But then they see the six kids following behind and it's like, yeah. hold on a minute. Yeah. They've got a big family and then they look and they know it's me. But Tyson can't hide at all. Mm. Like, there is no... Like other people who's like mega famous footballers, movie stars and things, I've been told like, oh, they just put a hat on and they can blend in. You can kind of like yeah. snoop through, but Tyson cannot because obviously from being 16, he's been a giant and people yeah. notice him straight away. So that's been a bit hard to deal deal with, to be honest, with the kids and trying, yeah. to, trying to find a bit of way to just live a normal life. But I'm trying, we are managing it. It's so far, yeah. everyone who meets the kids, they always say they're really polite and well-mannered. And I'm, I'm hoping that maintains until they're older. And do you think they'll st want to stay in Morecambe? Like, do you think you'll stay in Morecambe for the foreseeable? I think so. Um, I mean, obviously we could go anywhere in the world, um, but I can't see us leaving very far, to be fair. We like it here. We've, we had no intentions of basing here, to be honest. We came here when we first got married um, 13 years ago. And it was always meant to be for a short stint of time. Mm. And then we're still here now, 13 years later. So I don't think <laughs> we're going anywhere. Um, oh, enough, and it yeah. is nice. It's quiet. It's reserved. It's just a normal little town. There's not that kind of like fast pace that you get in like big cities like London, Manchester. There's yeah. just like, it's quite out the way. It's in the sticks to be fair. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's why when it is so crazy and busy and you're in and out of Vegas and all around the world, it's nice to have that sort of solid base. And it's good for the yeah. kids to have someone they go to where it's normal, you know, and that's just yeah. where they grow up and they know everyone and stuff like that. And, and what about your kids? You know, Venezuela, you said, is doing her GCSEs and home tutoring. Would you like her to go to university or would you like her to do her own business, her own sort of thing? Or, or is it just whatever she's happy doing you're going to support? That's exactly what it is. Whatever she's happy to do, whatever she wishes to do with her mm. future, that's what I'm going to encourage. I want her to do well. I want her to study and I want her to work hard for things. But it's down to her what she wants to do. Um, if she did, uh, if she did choose that path, I think Tyson would be over the moon. Um, yeah. He wants the kids to take like that kind of academic sort of path and see where they go. But I'm not sure. I don't know where it'll where it'll lead us to. I'm not sure what Venezuela will want to do and the rest of them. It's up to them, isn't it? I do. Yeah. I'm strong belief in that. I think I'm encouraging the kids to do well, but to do well in what they want to do. 
And, and do you think if, if Venezuela or the other kids, you know, got to secondary school age and said, Mum, I want to go to school with the other kids, would you, would you accommodate that? Or would you, you know, encourage the home tutoring? Yeah, well, I, no, we've done this. We, um, we went through this process with Venezuela. She was definitely set that she didn't want to go. She wanted to follow, like, what, she's, yeah. what she wanted to do and she wanted the home tutoring. Um, obviously, a lot of her friends has done the same. Of her age, like her most half of her class basically went into homeschooling. Oh, is there um, a big traveller community around in that that area then where you are? Yes, yeah, especially in their primary school that they mm. went to. Um, and then as for the my boy Prince, Tyson's trying his best to like convince him to go to high school. You should go to high school. He's like, no, I'm not doing. It. I'm I'm getting a tutor and I'm I'm going to do this. And he, <laughs> I can't remember what he told me the other day he wanted to be. I mean, at one point he wanted to be a, a Crystal Maze champion. That was when he was about six. <laughs> Sounds like Josh. <laughs> so, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. It's I no remember him saying that. <laughs> yeah. But obviously now he said he wants to do the wrestling. Um, I don't know if he'll follow it through, but he said if he does his homeschool and he goes to a wrestling camp and things, that's what he wants to do at the minute. But what am I saying? They're 10 and 12. What does yeah. anybody want to do at are 10 and 12? Are they physically big? Like, as Tyson's... Is, did you say six foot nine? Has that been passed he on? Is. They're all tall. All the children are tall. Oh, except for Tyson. Actually, baby Tyson's the only one who's a bit more normal for his height. Yeah. He's right. he's probably, like, the tallest in the class, but not obscenely tall. Yeah. Where yeah. the other ones have all been... The big ones and the little ones below them are all like quite obscenely tall, but they're not big made like Tyson was. Tyson was like, uh, there's a photo of Tyson when he's about 14 and Tyson's a big unit. Like he yeah. was a big lump of a man <laughs> and he was only a kid. He was 14. When I met him at 16, he looked 25. He had a full beard. He had like giant, he was six foot six. <laughs> yeah. And it, well, I said in the, yeah. in the book, I told the story, I said that I met him and the first time I ever met him, I thought, why are you talking to me? You're way too old to talk to me. I'm 15. Um, so yeah. he definitely, he grew bigger. So I don't know if our kids are going to be really as big as him, but they're definitely big for their age. The photo in the book of him, there's one with him with his Lacoste beanie hat on, where he looks like <laughs> he's sort of like in a weird indie band Super with like a granddad cool. shirt. And then there's one of yes. him, he looks like some sort of Italian sex god with his long dark hair and a black shirt. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that was when I really fancied him. Like, he lost that hair. As soon as I married him, I caused him to go bald. It was just yeah. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, when we first met him, that little photo in the book um, where he's wearing that like, completely odd get up that was the first time i ever met him so i don't know what i saw i mean yeah and you look, right. look, Paris, look, you look at the size of his hand it's as big as your head <laughs> know, it's yeah. unbelievable I, you also as well you look very pretty you're in a very nice going out outfit you've got your hair done you've got a nice watch and a necklace you should not be getting out going off with that man <laughs> you don't, yeah. i don't know what happened he's chat he's, he's got a lot of chat tyson and then he turned he into that bloke yeah he must have had a lot of chat it's unbelievable he's that wearing yeah. a football shirt under his shirt <laughs> Like it yeah, looks he like. Was he was styling back then. No, then what happened there was he out. actually had a fight. He was, but he told me because I said like I, I couldn't understand. But obviously, most of the people I'd ever met, boys and things, and I, I never had a boyfriend before I went out with Tyson. But the boys that I had met was always very well groomed and yep. sort of like prim and proper. Well, that was the ones that I'd always met. And then Tyson came along, obviously a big giant, um, dressed kind of really rough, like this really odd get-up. He had this, <laughs> like you say, that short shirt underneath a granddad shirt with a, yep. an odd hat. And a, he had his little brother, nine-year-old brother's waistcoat on, like didn't fit him at all. <laughs> and obviously, when I first looked, I thought like, what is going on? But obviously, yeah. I must have been intrigued by him. So yeah. he, he came, but he explained to me, I come at the last second, he said, to this birthday, which was my birthday, that's how he came. 
And he said, I come at the last minute, but I've got to fight in a couple of weeks. I said, what do you mean by fight? And he said, like, I'm a boxer and I've got to fight. So he had on his brother's little coat to keep him warm and a beanie hat and a scarf all on the process to box, I presume. So there was oh, a right. kind of reason why he looked wow. so scruffy. Fair enough. It was, it was in camp. Let's just say that. It was in yeah. camp. In camp. Because you just talk really brilliantly about um, Tyson's mental health problems. But one of the other things you write brilliantly about in the book is uh, baby loss and losing a baby. And did you find that difficult to kind of go through again during the book? Because you've spoken really brilliantly about it as well, I think. Uh, that was the hardest thing for me to write about in the book. Um, that was the hardest thing I found to talk about. Uh, the reason I did talk about it is because I think people look at me and Tyson and, the, and we've got six children and it looks like we've never had a problem. It looks like you've never had children problems, um, which the store, the truth is that we was complete opposite. We had the first two kids really easy. Um, and then after that, we had child loss and we've had um, difficulties to fall pregnant again, um, which I talked about all of us in the book, because I think... I find that with a lot of women, they're very ashamed of this subject and they're very quiet about it. And it feels it's extremely personal and that's probably never going to go away. It's an extremely personal conversation. Um, and I played with the idea whether to put it in the book or not. Uh, but I do think it helps to know that other people have been through the situation. And I think it's great to read or to see or to know that I've been there before you. You're not the only person who's lived in this situation. And to look at the fact that you know what, I went through all that hard time and now look, I had the kids straight after and I've got four, like, yeah. and I'm moaning about it. So it's, it is, it can be, it can come the complete opposite. You can go from like all these troubles and all these worries that I went through for like five years between Prince yeah. and baby Tyson, um, thinking I would maybe never have another child again. And obviously always knowing I wanted a big family. Yeah. And then to the opposite way that I've now got four young babies and, I've got my other two older kids and things completely changed. The situation changed. And I just think it's good and reassuring for other people to read stories of other people's lives and to know that things ain't always perfect and you're not the only one out there going through this and you're not the only person who's had a loss or had a problem or difficulties to conceive. It's, it, it happens to a lot of women. It's, it's brilliant. It's so inspiring. It's such a, a brilliant book and well done for being so honest in it because I think it's going to help a lot of people, um, especially with that, the baby loss stuff. And also on top of that, of you know, being married to someone going through those mental health problems, because a lot of the time the attention's on the person, but not the person who's yeah. having to deal with the day to day. And I think it's quite important because sometimes those people don't really get heard. And it's really good that they can in this book yeah. and connect with it. Do you know so what well I realised when I wrote my book? When I wrote it, I realised I've been through a lot of crap, an yeah. awful lot of crap, and I never realised it. I look, yeah. I, I, I look at my life day to day now, and I think like, ah, oh, it's all rosy, and yeah, you get little ups and downs, but yeah, everything's good. But then I read it all back, and I was like, wow, but like for to be thirty one, I've been through so much. Like I look and I think like we have done a lot of stuff, and we have like all that stuff crammed in. And it, only when I actually sat down and read each each chapter back to myself, I was like. Oh my goodness! And there was one. There was a couple of chapters. It, it was, it was during the depression when I talked about Tyson's depression, and I, I was crying my eyes out on the pages. Like literally, I thought, "How oh, am I going to read this?" Like a lady come in, one of my friends, and she was like, 
what's wrong? What are you crying for? I was like, I'm just reading my book. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> reading about my life. <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. Yeah, <laughs> like, you must have read what? it and got that poor woman. Oh, it's me, fuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really was. And I kept thinking like, but I know it gets better. I know that this gets good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, so I did, I've been through an awful lot of things, an awful lot. I love the fact that the, uh, the bit where there's six kids and you're looking after them without a nanny is the rosy bit where there's little ups and downs. Whereas me and Rob are here complaining about having two kids and how difficult it is. I know. You're like, oh, it's all yeah. easy now. It's yeah. all a walk in the park. Yeah, yeah. Just just look at me on the day-to-day basis. Make you feel better when your kids are like really going to town. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, there's obviously going to be a film made about you and Tyson and the, the journey you've both been on together and all the kids. Who do you want to play you in the film, Paris? Have you got someone that would be the perfect person or, or you, you, you're relaxed about it? No, it's, I, I want someone to be, like, way hotter than me. So, like, Margot Robbie, like... Margot Robbie. Go for it. If you're going for it, go for it. Yeah. Like, why yeah. not? Like, exactly. if I'm going for it, someone even better, like, with a perfect figure and, and beautiful face, you just go for it. Yeah, yeah. Margot she Robbie. She can have my place. OK, we'll put, yeah. the, we'll put the call in Paris and see if she can do it. Um, Paris, and one last question before you let go. Thank you so much. We know how busy you are with a book and the kids and stuff like that. The last question is, um, we always ask every guest, um, is there one thing that your partner does parenting-wise that annoys you a little bit that you don't bring up because it will cause an argument? Is there, something, is there something Tyson does that gets on your wick a bit with the kids? No, I, yeah, I bring it up all the time. He will like, he'll say to me, oh, I'll watch them. You go get a bath. I'll, I'll, I'll chill out with them. Here, I'll take them to the shop. Yeah. And at that shop, he buys them pops and sweets and lollipops <laughs> and crisps and Coca-Cola. And then he comes back and goes, all right, yeah, here you go. It's bedtime, isn't it? Like, no, no, no. You've just put them on a severe sugar rush and you've ruined it. So we're bouncing till 12 o'clock tonight. Yeah, that's one of my pet, pet peeves, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Brilliant. And Paris, thank you so much. Thanks so much, Paris. Thank Thanks you. That's for brilliant. Me. Make sure you get the book. Good luck with it. Keep it in the charts. Paris Fury, Love and Fury. The magic Thank and you. mayhem of life with Tyson. It's worth the money's worth the photos alone, especially that one in the Lacoste hat. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get the audio book. The Lacoste hat's worth it for the yeah. book itself. <laughs> Cheers, Paris. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Thank Thanks. you. Bye now. Paris Fury. Um, I love that, Josh. That yeah. was brilliant. She's great. Feel isn't bad she? about complaining about your dog now, Rob? Um, God, I forgot about my dog for a bit then. <laughs> That was nice. No, I love the dog. Dog's all right. He's fine. Um, so amazing. Unbelievable. Brilliant. I mean, I've sort of been aware of Paris because I'm, I'm a bit of a boxing nerd. And she's... Yeah, that does come across. Yeah, you? she's a bit of a cult figure. And now she's sort of like mainstream fame, but everyone sort of knew about her and loved her on the, in the boxing circuit because she used to give great interviews about Tyson and the family and stuff like that. But she's brilliant. And like, I think that's nice for her as well to write the book and realise that she's been through a lot because I think sometimes you don't until you put it down on paper and then you yeah. can sort of give yourself a pat on the back and go bloody hell look how good stuff is and how bad it has been at points you know 31 30 fucking one you know when people go oh you've written a book of 31 why there's fucking loads imagine how big this book would be if she was 60 do you know how little I'd done at the age of 31 what year was that 2014 oh nothing the most exciting thing I'd done is a couple of episodes of 8 out of 10 cats do you know what I mean it's like yeah, no. She has. She's lived a life. What what a story that that was amazing as well. That poor her poor newborn baby. Imagine that. Oh you know, seeing seeing that. Oh, anyway, it's it's terrible. But yeah, she's she's brilliant. And uh, by the book, it's really interesting. The photos are absolutely outrageous. I love that one of uh, yeah. of Tyson. Um, but uh, yeah, it was really interesting interview. She's a great talker, isn't she? The kids, how confident and articulate oh, and talented are those kids going to be? Do you know oh, what I mean? Mate. And do you know what? After 
Sophie Ellis Baxter and Paris Fury, we're not accepting guests with less than four kids. From yeah, now. it's just yeah. unacceptable. Put up or shut up. <laughs> um, four right. kid minimum on this show. Four kid min. Um, and a quick reminder, guys, we are doing a live show of the podcast on the 31st of January 2022 at Hackney Empire in London. If you want tickets, sign up to the mailing list and you'll get a pre sale exclusive link if you are a mail, mail list member. Um, yeah, so sign up. Shall I read it out? Shall I read out the snatch? Oh, yeah. Snappy, snappy, uh, snappy, snappy not snappy. Parenting Hell Podcast dot Mailchimp Sites dot com. Parenting Hell Podcast dot Mailchimp Sites. It's unbelievable. Dot com. Look, it's in our bio on Instagram. Go on yes. there and uh, sign up, and that will be uh, Thursday or ten a.m. Is when. <laughs> oh God's sake! Give a details, guy. I'm so. If I end up on QVC, I'm going to be their shittest presenter. What would you fucking sell? <laughs> I, mean, like, I, would be, I would be so bad at The Apprentice. It's unbelievable. No, anyway. I, I, I think I'd be, I'd be really good up until I got in the boardroom, and then Alan Sugar ripped apart what I did, and it, I'd be the worst one. You'd punch Alan Sugar. You'd get <laughs> salty with Alan Sugar. I'll go. All right, mate. Yeah, giving it a large run. We all know you're on little blocks because you're so small to make you look bigger. <laughs> Yeah, you've got your jokes written on a piece of paper in front of you. I've heard about it. Anyway. Do you really need to write down you're fired, you dickhead? Surely you know that's the end. Anyway, please sign up to the main list and we'll see you at the live show. Bye. Bye. 